0: Many of Donald Trump's most ardent supporters have been calling on Trump supporters not to vote Republican in the Georgia runoff. And I've warned, you've got this big protest happening on January 6th. And if people in Georgia who support the president decide to leave on the 5th to go to DC to support the president, they likely will not be around to vote on the 5th. So there's a possibility many Trump supporters, many Trump voters Aren't there to vote in the Georgia runoff elections, and thus Democrats will take the narrow, the tiny Senate majority with a 50 50 split. And Kamala Harris breaks the tie, Democrats take control of everything, pack the courts, boom, Democrat supermajority across the board, all three branches of government. It's entirely possible. And because Trump isn't on the ticket, I fear people aren't going to go out and vote. Because as I've mentioned time and time again, in 2018, Many Democrats were able to take back congressional districts that Trump won because Trump wasn't on the ticket and Trump supporters didn't show up. The Trump supporter base is not the GOP. And we see this in Fox News's ratings, which are now in the gutter. And Tucker Carlson is losing to Rachel Maddow. Ever since Fox News didn't go to bat for Trump to win this election, Trump supporters have flocked to the likes of Newsmax, which they're not kind of upset with. But now they're going to One American News. Fox is now losing massive numbers in their ratings. But despite all of this, despite the power of the Trump supporter base, the Republicans are still set to actually win in Georgia, surprisingly. The polls show a narrow lead for at least one of the Republicans. There's two Republic there's two seats. So you've got one one race where a Democrat's a little bit above, one where a Republicans a little bit above. It doesn't quite make sense because it's basically one election on January fifth, but I think we're seeing a couple things. The polls show Republicans are in the lead and the polls were historically wrong last time, underestimating Republicans by four to seven points nationwide. Yeah, that's insane. Those are historically bad margins for the pollsters. If that's anything to go off of, Republicans are going to win in Georgia. And I think something else needs to be said. Trump supporters may not be happy with Mitch McConnell. And I've said I don't think they're going to show up to support him as party leader in the Senate. But I do think Trump supporters are being led by a cause, the Constitution. And they do recognize that having the Republicans have some control is better than nothing. And thus, they're likely to actually turn out. And vote for Republicans. My bigger question is: if many Republicans are polled and they say they will be voting Republican, what happens if many of them go and leave on January fifth, early morning, to make it to D.C. on the sixth? Look, if you're going to be at that big Trump rally, that big Trump protest, the day the electoral vote is 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 being counted, and you're not going to be in Georgia. Now, I don't know how many people are planning on showing up in D.C., but I imagine a lot of people might just be like, pack your car. We're supporting Trump, not the Republicans. Mitch McConnell and several other Republicans have absolutely turned their back on Trump. They used him, got what they wanted. And now that it looks like Trump is on the way out, they're like, bye bye. We got nothing for you. Trump supporters make up the 90 plus percent of the Republican Party. But I think you've got a lot of Republicans who are just saying we get it. We don't like them, but it's better than the Democrats. But we'll see. Frank Luntz, the famous pollster, says what Trump is doing, you know, calling for this rally, this this massive protest in D.C., challenging the results of the election could cost the Republicans their Senate majority come January 5th. There's a lot at play right now. Certainly, there are a lot of Trump supporters, in my opinion, believe a lot of crazy things. And I just don't get it, man. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I live in the crazy reality world. But I tell you this, I I read left and right wing sources. And there are a lot of Trump supporters that are just like, look, we recognize there are a lot of problems this election, but Trump just is not winning this fight. But then you've got people like Lynn Wood who are saying just, you know, some pretty crazy stuff. And you're hearing, you know, staunch supporters start saying some pretty crazy stuff. So we got to look into this because this is this is where things get spicy, trying to figure out what's going on. You've got the mainstream in the left saying it's over. Trump's done. Nothing's going to happen. And I'm like, my friends, we are far from normal right now. I have no idea what what's going on, you know, because we, uh, in terms of like making a prediction, how can anyone make an accurate prediction when we have not been in normal for four years or longer? I mean, endless investigations, fake impeachments. Then you get this pandemic. We've not been in normal for some time. So how do you even know what is supposed to be normal? For all I know, the aliens are real. Trump is right. And come January 6th, the election is overturned, whatever. I don't think so. But it's hard. It's hard to predict. It really, really is. So I'll just tell you what's going on and what the official mainstream media is saying, why the GOP is likely to win. But let's and then we'll talk about Trump supporters before we get started. Head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. i got a P.O. box you want to send me some stuff. Some big news. We're about to launch an official proprietary website for my show and the TimCast IRL podcast. We're going to have an awesome members only section with with uh, exclusive content from our guests and other segments too. So it's, it's coming soon. Stay tuned for that. It will be at timcast.com. And don't forget, Share this video if you really do like, uh, like my work. It's the most powerful thing. If everybody who watched this video hit that share button, post it on Facebook, then I would be beating CNN in the ratings. And I think as much as you might be critical of me, I know there's a lot of people who don't like me who watch. I'm better than CNN. OK, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm taking that. I'm definitely better than CNN. Well, in, in a lot of ways, I'm certainly not perfect. And they get some things right. And I use them as a source. But let's be real here. Don't forget to like, subscribe at the notification bell. Let's read the first, the mainstream media, Frank Luntz. What's he saying? President Trump is jeopardizing the Republican Party's chances of keeping both Senate seats from Georgia by trying to overturn the election results atop GOP aligned pollster claims. Frank Luntz said that it's possible incumbent senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue could lose their January 5th runoff elections because Trump's calling into question the integrity of the vote could depress GOP turnout. I agree. I agree. I, I absolutely agree, and I've said that before. But looking at the polls, I think based on the historic failure rate, looks like it's going to be a landslide for Republicans. Looks like, okay. I'm not saying it is. I already know the left is going to pull that clip out of context when the Republicans lose. It's like, ah, look. I've been the one saying that I think the Democrats are going to win. I do. But looking at the polls, I, I think the the math, or at least the the mainstream narrative, is a Republican victory. But let's read more. They say. Loeffler and Purdue are running against Democratic challengers, Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, respectively. The two races are critical to the Republicans keeping their Senate majority. If they both lose, Democrats would have 50 Senate seats with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris serving as a tie-breaking vote. Georgia's two runoff races kicked off in November after Purdue and Loeffler failed to get more than 50 percent of the vote on Election Day. Early voting has already started for the January 5th election. It's possible, you know, I mentioned earlier. Many Trump supporters may just pack up and leave on the 5th, head to D.C. Many of these people may have voted early, but I'll tell you this. There was a map, a breakdown of like what the uh, vote would look like, the, ele- the presidential vote, if pe- if only certain demographics voted. One of them was early vote. And if only you ca- if you only count the early vote, it was like 90 percent Democrat in person voting on Election Day was like 90 percent Republican. Now, that's interesting. Republicans vote in person, I think. What Trump is doing may actually cost the Republicans election. I think it's fair, you know, what what Frank Luntz is saying, but I think he's missing the bigger point in that a lot of people from Georgia, not too far away from D.C. I imagine it's probably, only you know, half a day's drive, if that, you know, stopping for food and whatnot, and you make it to D.C. That means people aren't going to be there in person. They go on to say Trump on Sunday tweeted that he plans to travel to Georgia to appear in an election rally on behalf of the two GOP incumbents. On behalf of the two great senators, I will be going to Georgia on Monday night, January 4th, to have a big and wonderful rally, so important for our country that they win. According to Luntz, however, it could be too little too late, given the president's public campaign that has sowed doubts about the integrity of the vote in the minds of tens of millions of his supporters nationwide. I'm afraid, and I believe, that those two Republicans may well lose on the 5th of January, because of what the president is doing right now, Luntz told host Howard Kurtz of the Fox News program Media Buzz on Sunday. The media is helping him, and this should not be happening. That the that election should be waged separately from the ugliness that's happening here in Washington. Since losing the election to Joe Biden, you know, Trump has been saying widespread fraud, et cetera, et cetera. And the big concern now is that we've already seen people asking like Ronna McDaniel, the GO, uh, you know, of the GOP, why should I vote if it's rigged? And they're hard-pressed to give a good answer. And that's, that's the truth. They say, well, you know, we need everyone to turn out. I'm sorry, man. If you're going to go around saying the system is broken, the system is rigged. If Trump is going to go after Brian Kemp and say something's up here and Trump supporters don't believe in it, why would they go vote? Now, this is the fun part. This is the fun part. You see, everything I'm saying is showing that there is a split here. I'm not giving you a definitive answer. I want you to come up, you know, with your own opinion on everything I'm saying. The polls show... You know, if we if we combine the failures of the pollsters, which underestimated Republican turnout with the current numbers, it looks like Republicans are going to win. But there's still a good reason to believe that these people aren't going to come out and vote at all. So I don't know how it turns out. But trust me, you're going to get whatever faction taking whichever statement to make the claim that I was wrong in my prediction. Here's the point. Five thirty eight says Georgia's regular Senate election. We well, we show uh, Republican Senator David Perdue is running for re-election against Democrat John Off- John Ossoff in a regularly scheduled election. So this is, I guess, uh, I, I these these polls. What it regularly scheduled? It's a runoff. So I don't know what they're trying to say. We can see here for right now, as of December 28th, Perdue is up by 0.1, okay, and Warnock is beating Lawler by just about one percent. But we saw a four percent failure from these pollsters, four to seven depending on what state it was. So if I was going to make that bet, I'd bet on the Republicans. However, imagine this. You poll people. You get, you get some, you know, 60-year-old woman on the phone and you say, who will you be supporting in this election if you had the to cho- choose between, you know, uh, Warnock or Loeffler? And the woman says, oh, Loeffler, without a doubt. And they say, OK, Warnock is up by one point. We then say these polls were historically wrong, be- you know, because the polls were underestimating Republican turnout. And then we can say, add four points to Loeffler and she wins, right? Well, hold on. What happens if they ask these people in this poll and they say, yes, I'll support the Republican. But I'm going to D.C. on the six or I don't trust the election system or I think it's rigged and they don't go and vote. This is one of the biggest problems with Trump's push about the fraud and, and, and many others for the Republicans. Now, I'll tell you this. I don't I don't I don't care for the Republicans for the most part. and And I'll tell you why. We've I've been saying this for, you know, quite a bit over the past week or so. What are the Republicans doing? The House is on fire and they come with a bucket of water and they splash it and they go, well, we tried, but they don't do anything. What Trump supporters are asking for is is definitive, right? The easiest way to put it is Democrats lock down their states. So you have the left saying shut it all down. And then you have progressive saying give everybody checks. The right is saying Open it all back up, protect the vulnerable, wear masks, social distances. Within varying degrees, there's arguments. Some people on the right obviously don't want to wear masks. But the general idea is take the general precautions, but bring back the industries so that the economy doesn't collapse and people have food and access and and, and supplies and can feed their kids. What do the Republicans advocate for? No, serious question. The Democrats have locked things down. The Democrats in Congress and, you know, are bickering amongst themselves about getting people more money. On the right, the Trump supporters and conservatives are saying, open up the economy and they're protesting for it. But the Republicans are not aligned with their voter base. I'm not going to pretend the Democrats are, but at least the Democrats relying on low information voters have a bunch of people shrugging and saying, "Okay, I guess on the right, you have people saying we can't do this anymore. And the Republicans say, don't worry, here's our plan. We'll go to Congress. We won't argue on behalf of reopening economies and we'll offer up a small bucket of water for the American people while everything burns down. It makes no sense. Sorry. The Republicans aren't advocating for you. They're not advocating for Republicans. They're certainly not advocating for me. They're not advocating for anybody as far as I can tell. Trump is now Trump is far from perfect, but Trump is a populist. So Trump says, give everybody $2,000 and the left laughs like, ah, you know, Trump is, is is demanding more money. The Republicans aren't giving it up. Yes, that's normal. That's normal. The Republicans were beholden to Trump for a long time. Now that they see their chance to get rid of him, Mitch McConnell's going around saying don't object, nobody support the president, get him out and don't give anybody anything. I'd, I'd be saying something different if Mitch McConnell was like, we need the economy to reopen and we need to make sure people have the ability to work in this country and we protect the elderly. He's not doing that. They're not arguing that. They're not proposing that. He's just saying, I'll do nothing. I'll block everything. Let it burn. And no, Trump, you lose. Who is he actually representing? And I'll tell you this. Who is Nancy Pelosi representing? For that matter, you've got many progressives, not all the progressives on the Democrat side who aren't actually representing anyone either. AOC seems to be just this prominent clapback politician who says things that people want to hear for the next generation, but does nothing. That's why you got the left right now demanding a Medicare for all floor vote using leverage that they have against Pelosi. And it's and and they're not doing it. There's a few incoming Democrats who might actually challenge the system. But I wouldn't be surprised if they fold. Bernie Sanders was leading the charge, but he was too weak to stand up to the to the machine. Trump led the charge of the populists on the right and pushed everybody around, took over and then told everyone to shut up. But you know it. The Republicans were happy to see him go. Now, here's what I want to point out. In the polls, we can see the likes of, say, Emerson. Emerson says Purdue is up two points and Loeffler is up two points. Fantastic. Emerson was wrong. Okay, they had Biden up point by by point five percent. I'm sorry, by five percent. Okay, maybe that wasn't completely wrong at the end of everything, but state by state. Most of these polls were actually off by four to 7%. I'll, 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 I'll pull back on that one. Maybe Emerson was a random choice and that wasn't the right choice. The point is, we can see across the board, there was a major swing for Biden nationally, but we only, but we actually saw at the state level, many of the polls were absolutely incorrect. Right now, we can say, yeah, Joe Biden did win as we, as, as, as we see now. I know a lot of people, uh, don't believe it and there are some, some questions, but I'll tell you right now. At the state level, we were looking at some historic failures. I mean, across the board, what you got to understand right now about these these polls right here. First of all, I think it's fair to say general election nationals probably, you know, or I'm sorry, these are top battlegrounds. Yeah, this is this is this is, was was off. Joe Biden won by, I think, 42000 votes across a, a handful of states Uh If you look at like uh, Michigan, there's there's, there's a few if you look at the top battlegrounds where if Trump if you if you look at several key battlegrounds where if Trump won, then he would have won the election. It's like 42,000. The same is true for Trump, though, in 2016. He won by like 77,000 votes. So it's not spectacular necessarily, but the polls have been wrong. They were wrong in 2016. They were wrong in 2018 and they were wrong in 2020. And they always tend to favor Democrats in a variety of ways. So I think my assessment is. Based on what we're seeing from the polls, the GOP is set to win. I'm not saying they're going to win. And and as I mentioned already, I know there's gonna be people who are gonna, the Democrats are gonna win and they're gonna be like, ha ha, Tim was wrong again. It's like, dude, if you're gonna take my tepid half answers as like a definitive prediction, y'all are crazy, okay? I'm like notoriously the fence sitter for a reason. I can give you a few thoughts. A lot of people don't like it. They want me to come out and say, they will win, bang the gavel and say it's done. I've done a few things, but here's what I'm saying. Here's some reasons why they probably will win. And that's what people tend to think. But Frank Luntz makes a good point, And there's a good possibility Trump does not win. I'm sorry. The Republicans don't win because Trump is not on the ticket. I think it's a very, very important point. But let me tell you, while we can look at the polls and I can point them out, I'm going to show you the true power, the true power of Donald Trump's base. Tuesday, December 22nd scorecard. CNN and Chris Cuomo are number one in the demo. Chris Cuomo? What? Are you kidding me? Look at this. Cuomo got 569,000 viewers on his show. I get more than that. Wow. Chris Cuomo, number one on CNN. Bye bye, CNN. Tucker Carlson got 435,000. That's crazy, dudes. I get more than that. I'm just some YouTuber in his room complaining on the Internet about his feelings. Wow. Thank you to everybody who watches. No, seriously, this is this is crazy stuff. You look at Rachel Maddow. She got four hundred and ninety five thousand in the key demo. Key demo means twenty five to fifty four. That's most of the people who watch me. And I get a lot more than that. I It's just a lot more than that, which is really re- remarkable. Not to be fair. To be fair, all right? I can brag about myself, but when you look at Tucker Carlson across the board, he gets 3.14 million. All right, all right. Well, the older crowd is watching. They're outside the key demo. They're older than 54, and they definitely crush me when you include people over 54, probably because younger people are more likely to watch YouTube. Maybe by the time we're all in our 50s, I'll be getting numbers like this on YouTube Hopefully more than that, because it'd be kind of bad if I spend 20 years doing this and I can't break a couple million. There, there was a, so I, I, I reduced the amount of viewership, the, the amount of segments I do every day. But I was getting about, um, I think I was getting like one point. No, no, I think I was getting like 3 million per day. Yeah, yeah I think it was like 3 million, because I broke like 120 million views in one month. A bunch of leftists were freaking out, claiming my viewership was too high and I was a threat or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But I, the point I'm bringing up, why I'm mentioning this, Tucker Carlson is now losing to Rachel Maddow in total viewership. Now, he's, they're, they're still both beating Cuomo, but Cuomo's beating them in the key demo. That's crazy. Even Anderson Cooper is beating Carlson. Uh, uh, CNN is beating Fox News. That's the power of the Trump base. When the Trump base said, get Trump's back or we're out, they were gone. And now we're seeing CNN and, CNN and MSNBC are beating Fox News. That's amazing. So you want to play games. I'll tell you this. Do you think these people are now going to turn out for Loeffler and Purdue? It's a good reason to suggest they're not going to win. Just because the polls are saying it doesn't mean those people will actually turn out to vote. So we'll see. But let me tell you what's happening in the Trump based world. I want to show you some tweets from Lynn Wood. Now, I got to say, I think these tweets from Lynn Wood have gone so far off the rails. I don't even I don't even know what to say. Like this dude, this dude is he's, he's driving his truck and he's just gone way, way off the deep end. He's saying, like, well, there's a lot of tweets to go through. Okay, he's just putting up a lot of uh, uh, theories and thoughts and ideas, uh, you know, that uh, I just don't agree with. He says, my good friend, GA Governor Brian Kemp and his cohort in crime do not want to hear from me. Would someone be so kind to provide Brian and Brad with this truth? The point is, he's got a lot of tweets that are saying you know, certain people are going to get arrested that, you know, Trump should invoke the Insurrection Act. But he's getting thousands, 8,600 retweets, 5,700 retweets, 20,000 likes on these posts because people believe him. He mentions John Roberts, Chief John Roberts selling stock, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, and, and and being on certain flight logs, if you know what I mean, accusing Roberts of being like deep state and all that stuff. It's 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 out there. It is. And maybe he's right. Maybe it's all true. Like I said, I don't know it's normal anymore. Normalcy is out the window these past several years, but I certainly think it's kind of it's it's certainly off the rails. Will Chamberlain tweets, "How is everyone falling for this crap?" We have a tweet from Code Monkey Z, who I, I've, I've I've actually cited some of the things he said. He says we all know that Mike Pence has complete authority to save the Republic on January six. If he takes decisive action as a leader on January 6th, then VP Pence will surely be the 2024 presidential frontrunner and will have huge support to keep America great in 2024. Will is a prominent Trump supporting lawyer, has been getting a lot of flack from the more staunch Trump supporter faction because he's pointing out, like, how, how are people falling for this stuff? Whatever your opinion is on the, you know, the hardcore Trump supporting right, the Sidney Powell supporters, the Linwood supporters. You can criticize them and insult them, but they're prominent, they're powerful, and people believe them. I certainly think it's just, look, they, I, I, look. my opinion on Sidney Powell and Linwood has been clear for some time, and Trump's supports been mad at me about it, because I said I think they're hurting Trump's chances at actually getting a legitimate victory, because they're delegitimizing his appearance. Coming out with this, you know, these statements about arresting people, coming out with the conspiracies, including Hugo Chavez. Another case I believe was just dismissed. Linwood filed a suit about Dominion, the Kraken lawsuits all were just knocked out. Now I understand a lot of these were for procedural regions, reasons, but a lot of these are just unprovable speculation in theory. How is a court supposed to rule on these things? And so I'll tell you this. Sure, maybe you've got the evidence, maybe you're right. I'm not saying that. I've not seen it. I'd like to see it. I have seen evidence of fraud. Bill Barr said there was fraud. I'd like to see that, uh, you know, litigated in, in a court of law to make a legitimate determination. We're not there. And I don't know if we'll ever get there because the courts are knocking Trump suits out on procedural re- reasons. But I'm talking about the Dominion stuff. I've not seen evidence. None. And I've even read a bunch of these like, these old WikiLeaks things. And I've, I've looked into this. I just don't see it. Now, here's what happens. You got regular people, man. Regular people who want Trump to win, who want the economy to reopen. Republicans aren't fighting for them. All right. But then they hear this, this, these crazy stories. And I tell you, sometimes the crazy stories are the true stories. You take a look at the history of the Gulf of Tonkin incident. You can now look up on Wikipedia and they're like, it is now believed that the U.S. faked the whole thing to force us into war in Vietnam. Sometimes the crazy stories turn out to be true. All right. But when you go to a regular person and they just get CNN and Fox News and look, Tucker Carlson still gets three million people. You can see the Trump supporters who left, but Tucker still gets three point about three point two million people. You go to these people and you say things and people like Will Chamberlain are going to say, how are you falling for this crap? Now, that's not to say anybody's right or wrong. Certainly, I believe extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, which I've yet to see in terms of the Dominion stuff. And so these grandi, these, these bigger, grandiose deep state conspiracy theories, but If you want regular people to support the president and call for his victory, call for him to, say, invoke the Insurrection Act or for Mike Pence to take some action on the 6th, you've got to convince them of a legitimate and reasonable approach. All right. You might think you're right. But if you go to them and say Hugo Chavez and his cohorts created this system back in 2013, you know, Hugo's now long since dead, but the system persists. They're going to be like, dude, what? I got no idea what you're talking about. You come up with the more reasonable stories and and bits of evidence, things like from Matt Brainerd of the Voter Integrity Project, where I've actually corroborated his evidence. And then I can say, like, okay, this needs to go in court for sure. Definitely needs to be in court. Unfortunately, I think they've actually barred Brainerd from testifying in some instances, which is crazy. That's the legitimate approach, in my opinion. Linwood and Sidney Powell coming out with these crazier stories, I think, will hurt Trump in the long run. You may want to believe it. You may even have evidence and you, and you you believe it to be true and you've seen. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying regular people, you've, you've gone so far that you can't bridge that gap. You need to approach people on something that sounds reasonable. Hey, did you hear about that guy who's got a database of double voters? That's crazy, right? That's potential evidence. Shouldn't that be in court? Well, I even talked to some liberals and they say, yeah, of course, get it in court. You got that that uh, USPS guy who blew the whistle to Project Veritas. I said, get him under oath. And I got criticized by far leftists. How stupid is that? What if the dude was lying? Get him under oath. Was that so hard? That's reasonable, though. You go to a regular person, say a a, a USPS postal worker blew the whistle. Shouldn't we get him in court testifying under oath? I think a reasonable person is going to say, yes, yes, absolutely. And that's where you start. Unfortunately, we're in a time where, well, it's too early, it's too late, or there's no injury, which is which is crazy. And that's why I think a lot of Trump supporters are turning to the crazier stories, because if you're not going to get your day in court and there is no system by which you refute some of these claims, then people have no reason to ignore them and, cl- and, and, and believe them to be false. If the system rejects the voice of the people, refuses to hear it then they'll just keep going. And this is the problem I brought up a long time ago. This is what I said. We need this stuff to go to court. We need these these claims these bits of evidence to be in court on the merits. You know why? If you don't, people will say, why do I care about you? You don't listen to me anyway. And when people feel like they have no voice, they'll go and find it somewhere else. The courts need to hear what the states and the people have to say. Rejecting the Texas lawsuit was a mistake. The Supreme Court should have taken it up and ruled on the merits. And they may have may have well just said, look, we've ruled on this. We've seen the merits and we disagree. Texas, sorry. Bye bye. But they didn't. They didn't actually go through the merits of of the case. They just said no standing. Have a nice day. Texas has no right to talk about the other states elections. I think that was a mistake. I think it was a big mistake. I mean, I guess you can argue that it would open the door for other suits in the future, or whatever. But taking the case is not that big a deal, in my opinion, especially when you had I think it was Thomas and Alito, Supreme Court justices, who believed that original jurisdiction, uh, there's an obligation for the Supreme Court to take up any suit between states citing original jurisdiction. Doesn't mean they'll actually rule in their favor. But think about it this way, whether or not there's an argument about the law and like legal standing. The appropriate response would have been for the Supreme Court. We're listening to you. We've heard your complaints. We've seen the reports. We're going to go through them in court. And if we can't prove them, prove them, we're going to throw it out. But what happened? They just said, shut your mouth and get out. Well, people are going to say, if I don't get a chance to speak up, if you don't even listen to me, then why would I bother with you? I think Trump supporters can accept going to court, fighting their case, and then having their case thrown out. I do not all of them, um, uh, but a lot of them, enough of them. But when you take all of these people and you just tell them to get out, they will take a look at Fox News, for instance. So I'll tell you this. If I ignore all of that, this is what I'll, I'll leave you with. The Republicans need to control the Senate. Otherwise, Democrats take everything and probably pack the courts. If the Republicans lose, that's what we will get. And I think a lot of regular Republican voters will vote for the Republicans. I think the polls were all wrong. It's going to skew in favor of the Republicans and my personal normalcy bias is they're going to win. But I do think there's fair arguments as to why they're not. So I'll put it this way. A lot of people like to say Tim pool often say, here's what I think will happen. But hey, so could this. Yes, because I don't have a strong prediction for you. The left likes to pretend that I always make these grandiose predictions that come, that don't come true, and that's never been the case. It's like you can't have—I love it. People can joke that I'm the milk toast fence-sitter. That doesn't give a definitive answer, but then it's, they can take anything out of context to claim I'm making actual predictions. I would lean towards, if I was going to give a probability, 60% Republicans win this one, even though in the past I said I think they'll lose. I think the Democrats are going to win. I, I, I look at these polls. I look at what they're saying, and I think, no— if, if the polls are this close and the polls were, you know, particularly wrong across the board in different, you know, battleground states, I think they'll win. There's good reasons to believe they won't. And if I had if I had to put down money, I probably, you know, or I'll put it this way. I would not bet on this because I just don't know. But I lean towards Republicans are probably going to win. That's where I'm at right now. And I could be wrong. Here's all I'll just leave with you. Listen to what I had to say. Take my opinion. Tell me I'm wrong. Comment. And then based on what I'm showing you, you can give me your opinion on what you think is actually going to happen. And then on January 5th, we'll find out. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight. YouTube.com forward slash Timcast IRL live at 8 p.m. As we always do Monday through Friday. Make sure you check it out. If you haven't already, go to YouTube.com forward slash Timcast IRL and subscribe. And I will see you tonight live at 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you then. Donald Trump has made the call. B in Washington, D.C., January 6th. Don't miss it. Information to follow, he says. Of course, January 6th is the day a joint session of Congress will count the votes to determine who the next president will be. And my friends, this is either the end of the Trump presidency or the beginning of the true Trump era. Trump supporters firmly believe Donald Trump did win. It was stolen. And thus, they are going to descend upon D.C. with tents and food, and they're going to occupy. Alex Jones put out a statement saying that 10 million people will show up. Well, I don't think 10 million people are going to show up. I do think there's going to be a decent amount of people. I I do. And as of right now, I can say I fully intend on being there. Intend on being there is a lot different from saying that I will be there, mind you. But uh the issue is technical capabilities. So I will tell you this I am booked to be in January uh, on the 6th to do Timcast IRL live from DC and the goal is to have various people who are attending the protests come up and and we'll do interviews with them. And considering the the amount of people that might show up we might be one of the only people with a with a stream happening in the vicinity so it should be interesting. We've re- recently purchased some new equipment so that we can very easily do the live show remotely. And that's my intent. Now, do I think it's going to be a revolution or a counter revolution? I don't know. Whatever. No, I think a lot of people will be there. I think it'll be one of the biggest events we've ever seen. I think it will. I mean, maybe a million people, but that's probably look. Last month, they did a big rally and like a couple hundred thousand people showed up. That was big. This might be bigger. It might not be. I really don't know. But the reason why I, I would say, I don't know, maybe a million, but that's probably that, that that's probably not just, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know what to expect. But I do think with a lot of people feeling like this is Trump's last hurrah and the last chance to defend the Trump you know administration and try and do something, I think a lot of people are going to show up over at the Donald they're saying January 6th, 2021. Is the new 4th of July, 1776. Bring tents, food, water, and whatever you need to stay till we take our country back. It is easier to defend what we still have than try and rebuild whatever is left after Biden sells the country off. Blue state governors are trying to bankrupt everything they can so their Chinese CCP masters can come in and buy it on the cheap. Then the traders will collect large commissions. Think Cuomo and Newsom. These people are traders and Biden must be stopped. Be prepared be prepared to stay and not leave. This is a war. This is war of sorts and not something over in a few hours. So they don't go as far as say it's literal war. Alex Jones has called for a peaceful protest. We we may very well see something unprecedented. But, you know, I'll tell you this. I have, I have a normalcy bias, right? I think we all do. And I also have, well, we'll just leave it at normalcy bias. And, and what that basically means is nobody thinks Things like this could happen. But I tell you, my friends, I have seen these things happen in real life. And you wouldn't believe some of it. I, know I reference Egypt quite, quite a bit when I talk about this stuff, but I was in Egypt, I was in Ukraine, I was in Venezuela. Egypt is probably the best example because that's where I actually watched the revolution happen. And it was several thousand people in Tahrir Square. And we didn't know what was going to happen because it was just people jumping up and down with laser pointers. And then all of a sudden we got we got word that a bunch of news stations had been raided. No joke. That freaked me out. I'm in the Hilton and they're like, they're arresting journalists. And I was like, oh, geez. So I went to the lobby and I saw some journalists. I asked them what's going on. And they were like, these were British guys. They were like, no, 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 don't worry about it. They're arresting Muslim Brotherhood. They're like pro-Muslim Brotherhood journalists and news reports. And that was really interesting. The The, the military decided at that point to take over because the protest and the instability was putting the country at risk. So they did. They removed, I believe it was Morsi. And that was all due to a few thousand people dancing in the street in Tahrir. Now, not all, not completely, because you also had Nasser City, which is where the Muslim Brotherhood was all, you know, doing their camp and they were and they were camping out. But the military made a decision. We have these two factions there. They're increasing their protests. They won't stop. It's been over a year. And so they decided to intervene. Now, I don't think anything like that could happen in the U.S. right now. But that's normalcy bias. A lot of people are probably feeling similarly, like nothing's going to happen, blah. But what if ten million people really do show up? I'll tell you this: there's reason to believe right now that Donald Trump is done. And you know, I tweeted this, and I hope everybody understands. Like my tweets aren't like the most serious thing. I said the end of the Trump era. It's uh, something like that, because Mitch McConnell thanked Donald Trump. Donald Trump signed the uh, the, the omnibus bill, and. What he did was he redlined a bunch of things that need to be removed. So let's we'll we'll segue this. But the point I'm trying to make is right now, based on official political actions, it looks like Trump's power is gone. It's gone. Mitch McConnell, the establishment, Nancy Pelosi, they're all like, thank you, Trump. You're finished. Trump got Ocean's 11 man. the the things they set up the way that, you know, uh, the, 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 the way they did mail in voting and all this stuff. Yep. But I say, but. And we'll talk about this, this, this uh, omnibus spending thing and and Trump's abilities and his power and what's really going on with this. But I'll say this right now, you know, Trump is faced with this ridiculous spending bill, 2.3 trillion or whatever. He called on Congress to give the American people more money from 600 to 2000. I'm sure most of you are aware they wouldn't do it. But all the Democrats proposed an omni, I'm sorry, a unanimous consent, you know, amendment and the Republicans rejected it because the bloated garbage like Pakistani gender studies is still in the bill. Trump signed it. Trump signed it. And Mitch McConnell said, thank you. But Trump redlined stuff. I'll tell you what. Trump is saying Congress promises that they'll review Section 230. And I gave them a redlined, you know, a document that they should review. And you know what the Democrats said? Shove it. We're not going to do it. Too bad. Thanks for signing. Bye bye. Yeah, Trump's power. But what happens if 10 million people show up in Washington, D.C. on the 6th? Now, that's where things get crazy, because if Trump really does have prominent and popular support to that scale, Trump just might be like the people have spoken. More importantly, the thing that worries me the most is what if so many people show up? Congress can't hold the joint session. What if Congress is barred that the police set up barricades and motorcades to allow Congress to even get in? I tell you what happens if. This is this, I'm just, just just hear me out. See, yesterday I did this story about Nancy Pelosi and uh, whether or not she is going to be elected Speaker of the House. Are you ready for the most important bit? I'm going to stress right now. I don't think any of this will happen. I think there's going to be a really big event on January 6th and there's going to be a bunch of prominent people there. I, we're, we're aiming to do our live show from right there in the heart of D.C., and uh, bring people on and various activists and talk to them about, you know, various issues and things like that. We'll see. We're booked, but internet issues might make it impossible. So we might just try and get some people from the event to come up, you know, after the event or something like that. Maybe they'll stick around. Let me tell you, I hope you're ready for this. It's already been said that Nancy Pelosi could lose her speakership because Democrats may have COVID and may be forced not to be able to vote. Now, this is happening, this vote on January 6th. They have to vote on new rules for remote voting on January 3rd. So that is likely going to put a stop to all that. I could have my dates wrong, but my understanding is the first thing they have to do is vote for Speaker of the House. They can't vote for new rules. Vote. They got to vote for Speaker of the House. What happens if, for some reason, come January 6th, There is an insufficient amount of Democrats to give the Republicans a tiny majority. I think that the swing is only like 10 votes right now or like 11 votes. So what happens if some Democrats who've already many people have already tested for covid can't show up? I mean, the, the chances that we see an objection, Republicans in the Senate and in the House are going to object. What happens if they object? And then for some reason, there's just 10 or 11, 12 or whatever Democrats Who are are unavailable? What happens if some Democrats just abstain? I don't think they would, right? The point is, you have to understand, as they say, it'll never happen and Trump can't do it. The difference between Trump being president right now and Joe Biden being president, you can talk about 7 million votes. You can talk about 306 electoral votes. Trump's 232. And I'll tell you this, as much as I don't think it will happen, the reality is it's like 11 House votes. That's it. If, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. It's, it's not just that. There's a couple Senate votes because Mitch McConnell and a bunch of Republicans are probably going to reject this. But in terms of the actual majorities, this is why I think it's not going to happen. But in terms of the actual majorities, you have in the House like 11 votes. And if those people, for some reason, are sick or unable to vote and they don't have remote voting, there's a chance the objection stands in the House and the Senate. I really don't think it will happen. Why? Because Republicans in the establishment have already turned on Trump. OK, so this is a tweet I showed you the other day from Adam Kinzinger, who said no evidence, nothing but your temper tantrum and crazy conspiracies embarrassing. How would the Republicans win in the Senate when you have other Republicans who are who are doing things like this now? Now, uh, Rep Kinzinger is a House of Representatives. You know, he's in the House. He's not in the Senate. But that's the point. Even if the Democrats, you know, lose a handful of votes, you still have Republican representatives who are going to block Trump. And that's it. Trump's control over the party has fractured. That's I'm sorry. That's just the truth. Now, if Trump has 10 million people in in D.C., he might just be like, I got two weeks left. Let's roll and then do something crazy. Maybe. Maybe nobody could even get to the Capitol buildings because too many people are there. I highly doubt the senators are going to sleep in the chamber, but maybe they'll come early because they know no one's going to be there until late at night. It's it's interesting. You'd think the, the, the rally and protests would be called for like January 5th. That way people are there occupying D.C. for a day or two or whatever. But anyway, I digress. What if so many people are, are there at like 5 a.m. on the 6th that they can't even get cars through? I'll tell you. I'm not I'm not convinced it's going to happen, but I am convinced it's going to be a fairly large event. I do. Because I know a lot of people who aren't super political, who don't travel, who are saying things like, I'm going to go. Uh You know, I started hearing from people who are like internet armchair activists. They post for Trump and stuff, but they're just, you know, sitting in like the Midwest or Chicago or something. And then I see people saying like, I bought my ticket already. And I'm like, wow. I was like, if you can get this dude off his couch, that's kind of impressive. That's why I said, you know what? Let's... Let's see if we can find a way to do IRL from DC. I think we can. We got some new equipment. I got sent right next to me. We're booked. We're ready to go. We have to run some tests. We have to send out. Uh, this is normal for like production, a scouting crew to go and test internet and connection and stuff. And it might be a really, really awful quality stream, but we'll have a stream nonetheless. And we'll be able to uh, uh, film. Like we've we've got a we got a good location. This is going to be spicy, um, but it, it it may just turn out to be impossible. Like look. Maybe that it's going to be hard to get into D.C. Maybe you get stuck in D.C. I don't know. It might be hard. The Internet might not be good enough. So we still got a lot to do, but I'm I'm, I'm planning on being there. But let me let me let me do this. I want to talk about Trump's power and where we're at right now and why I think that we are we're facing the end of the Trump era. And I think Trump knows it. Take a look at this. Mitch McConnell thanks Trump for signing the coronavirus relief bill. He said, I applaud the president's decision to get billions of dollars of crucial COVID-19 relief out the door and into the hands of the of American families. I'm glad the American people will receive this much needed assistance as our nation continues battling this pandemic. My full statement 600 bucks. That's not going to do anything. The, I, the, the memes going around are like $600 is just enough to build a guillotine, you know, at Home Depot. It's, it's, it's not going to do anything. Trump signed this. It's really amazing. Well, Trump issued a statement. Let me show you what Trump said. He said, as president of the United States, it is my responsibility to protect the people of our country from the economic devastation and hardship that was caused by the China virus. I understand that many small businesses have been forced to close as a result of harsh actions by Democrat run states. Many people are back to work, but my job is not done until everyone is back to work. Fortunately, as a result of my work with Congress and passing the CARES Act earlier this year, we avoided another Great Depression. Under my leadership, Project Warp Speed has seen it, has been a tremendous success. My administration and I developed a vaccine many years ahead of the wildest expectations, and we are dis- distributing these vaccines and others soon coming to millions of people. As president, I have told Congress that I want far less wasteful spending and more money going to the American people in the form of two thousand dollar checks per adult and six hundred per child. As president, I am demanding many uh, uh, rescissions under the Impoundment Control Act of 1974. The act provides that, quote, whenever the president determines that all or part of any budget authority will not be required to carry out the full objectives or scope of programs for which it is provided, or that such budget authority should be rescinded for fiscal policy or other reasons, including termination of authorized project or activities for, uh, for which budget authority has been provided, the president shall transmit to both houses of Congress a special message describing the amount to be reserved, the relevant accounts, the reasons for the rescissions and the economic effects of the rescission. I will sign the omnibus and covid package with a strong message that makes clear to Congress that wasteful items need to be removed. I will send back to Congress a redlined version item by item, accompanied by the formal rescission request to Congress, insisting that those funds be removed from the bill. I am signing this bill to restore unemployment benefits, stop evictions, provide rental assistance add money for ppp return our airline workers back to work add substantially more money for vaccine distribution and much more on monday the house will vote to increase payments to individuals from 600 to 2000 therefore a family of four will receive $5200 additionally congress has promised that section 230 which so unfairly benefits big tech at the expense of the american people will be reviewed and either be terminated or substantially reformed likewise the house and senate have agreed to focus strongly on the very substantial voter fraud which took place in the November 3rd presidential election. The Senate will start the process for a vote that increases checks to 2000, repeals Section 230, and starts an investigation into voter fraud. Big tech must not get protection, uh, the protections of Section 230. Voter fraud must be fixed. Much more money is coming. I will never give up my fight for the American people. Well, I appreciate the effort. House Democrats say they'll flat out ignore Trump's suggested edits to coronavirus relief bill. There you go. There it is. Trump signed the bill. And to me, that's the ultimate sign that it's done. Again, 10 million people showing up in Washington, D.C., and Trump might say, you know what? Now or never, screw it. And he might make some kind of major move. I, I just, I really don't believe it. Mitch McConnell, the the, the Republican establishment, the, the Democrats, they're all saying, thank you for signing the bill, Trump. Bye bye. We're not going to do anything you say. Everything he's asked for likely will not happen. So that's it. I think this is the Trump era officially wrapping up. I think Trump knew that there was nothing he could do. Now listen, over at the Donald.win, these are, these are diehard Trump supporters. And for good reason, they're not going to bow out. I could say the same for many people who refused to back down for, you know, for Hillary back in the 2016 or whatever. Not that they're the same people. don't, don't get me wrong. But over at the Donald.win, Their goal is to support the president so they can't allow people to come in there and say it's over, it's done. They need people to support the president to try and fight tooth and nail to make sure he wins, which is just at this point impossible unless Trump takes some drastic military action. I think he can. I think he can. Uh, I did a segment on the Insurrection Act, you know, just before Christmas, and one of the provisions of the Insurrection Act is that the president may send in military or federalized National Guard. In the event that people's constitutional rights are being deprived, and they are, and we all know they are. There was a story about an illegal bar happening in New Jersey. It was a rave. 200 people were booted out, some people were arrested. And I think, well, I understand the restrictions on alcohol sales. You can make an argument about that, sure. But uh, people have a First Amendment right to assemble. You can't stop that no matter what. The First Amendment provides no exceptions for pandemics, it just does not. And so, yes, Trump does have that power. I don't think he'll use it. I really don't. We've got Republicans who are defying Trump. He's not going to get uh, the votes he needs on January 6th. I think there will be objections. I know for a fact, because the the new wave of Trump populist Republicans are absolutely saying they're going to object. And we've got a handful of senators. Uh, The Hill reports five GOP senators to watch in next month's electoral college fight. They say Mo Brooks is hunting for a Senate Republican to take part in his guaranteed-to-fail effort to overthrow the election result on January 6th. They have a, a handful of people. They say Tommy Tuberville, Kelly Loeffler, Rand Paul, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz. Maybe. Maybe these people do object, but I'll tell you this. I think if they do, the Hill's calling it guaranteed to fail. I think the idea is they'll get the objection. They'll have their debate and deliberation. Trump will lose, and they'll say, we fought for you, and that's it. And then I'll tell you what happens next. Now, this is just a normalcy bias, but this is certainly a pessimism bias, not an optimism bias. So uh, for those that are familiar, optimism bias is where people think only the good thing is going to happen. And it's part of the normalcy bias that it can't happen here. Everything's going to stay normal. Now, I'll tell you the pessimism bias. This 2.3 omnibus spending package is not out of the ordinary. It's not. We always give insane money for insane things. I made the joke on Twitter. I said, I was terrified when I learned that the, the children in Pakistan would be losing their gender programs. But then when I saw that Donald Trump signed the omnibus package, I knew I could rest easy that although Americans are about to face mass eviction, the sacrifice is worth it to make sure that Pakistani youth know what and Zer means. Yeah, that's what uh, your money's going to. It's normal. Omnibus spending to this degree is normal. And it really makes me wonder about what we're wasting money on. And boy, does it make me swing far to the left. You want to know why? Think about how life functions right now. You know, under Donald Trump in 2019, we had the best economy ever. And we were pumping money into psychotic garbage like gender programs in Pakistan. Could you imagine if in this great economy we spent that money here? Wow. Makes you think, huh? Now, listen, the economy was doing really well. Things were expanding, but we've got crumbling infrastructure. Have we even fixed the pipes in Flint yet? Amazing. Trump could have been like, imagine if Trump came out and made that statement. I want in the omnibus spending all that money that's going to these gender programs or whatever to be diverted to Flint to provide clean drinking water to to those people, because the American people who pay taxes should be the ones reaping the benefits. I hear from the left all the time. They talk about how we pool our resources together and then we help everybody. I'm down. Okay, you know, the existing resources being pooled. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not, you know, right wing or laissez faire capitalist or anything like that. I love it when these when these, you know, smear outlets try and smear me, but it really makes no sense. I'm fairly lefty on economic policy for sure. Imagine this. And I think even Trump supporters would agree all this money they're wasting. Imagine if Trump just said, all of that money must be spent in America. I'm pretty sure Trump supporters would be like, yes. When Trump announced he wanted an increase, $2,000, Trump supporters agreed with him. And the left was like, but how come when Bernie proposed it, it's blah, blah, blah. Trump was always in favor of the stimulus. It's the Republicans. Maybe the left doesn't realize that Trump is a Republican. I love this meme. They took a Bernie Sanders tweet about like people losing health care in, in the United States, but nowhere else. And then they, they put Trump's name instead of Bernie. And then Trump supporters actually pushed it out and supported it. And the left is like, ha ha, look, you know, Trump supporters actually support Bernie. And it's like, duh, because they're populists, because they're sitting there saying, if you're going to take our money, at least spend it on us. Where yet, Bernie? It's so amazing that right now the obstruction to the increased spending bill was the Republicans. But that makes sense. The Republicans don't do anything. I can give credit to the Democrats for at least lighting the fire that burns the house down figuratively. (laughs) And what the Republicans do, they throw a bucket of water on and go, well, we tried. That's it. At least look, there are some Politicians, I think, are all right. And they're mostly on the Republican side. Even though I don't agree with them on a lot of their policy stances, I, they're, the Democrats just, you don't have anybody standing on principle. I guess you had Jeff Van Drew. He quit, became a Republican. You have Tulsi Gabbard, and they say she was assigned Republican at birth. The Democratic Party is the party of bowing to Pelosi. Maybe, maybe something changes. Maybe people say they've had enough. But I'll tell you the most important thing out of all of this. Do you know what I see with everything happening? When I see people say that Joe Biden is not their president, it's not the same as when they said they said that about Trump. It's not. Trump was strong, was. Trump came in with a bang and he was making strong moves and there was investigations and there was political warfare. Now they're saying Joe Biden is not my president. And I see that and I'm like, I hear it. I understand it. And I do not recognize Joe Biden as a capable man. What that means is I'm not going to cry about a Joe Biden presidency. I've often I've said over and over again that I would laugh about it. And the left tries to claim that I'm coping mad that Trump lost, even though I've been laughing about a Biden presidency. I've been making jokes about the paintings we have of Joe Biden, like eating children. And the Trump supporters are mad because I'm just like, I guess, rolling over and accepting a Biden presidency. So there's no winning, right? But I'll tell you what I see when I look at Joe Biden. He's completely incapable of being president. It looks like there's a weekend at Bernie's president. He's going to be sitting there propped up by Kamala Harris. And you expect me to believe that he's going to be dictating anything, going to be controlling anything? I don't. Joe Biden looks to me like a scarecrow, just propped up to let people think there's a president. So what happens? I don't know. I know that people are flocking like crazy to places like Idaho, Iowa, Wyoming, and West Virginia. I tell you, man, we've been talking about getting this big old property in West Virginia. Property is is the the prices are skyrocketing. Pla- property is being sold like hot cakes. I can't believe it. I was looking at an empty lot, just trees. You gotta clear it all out. And the price jumped by a hundred percent, hundred percent in like a week. They must have gotten so many offers, they were like, no, 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 jack the price up. West Virginia. Right now, I think it's going to have a major boom because it's close enough to the East Coast. You know, there there are parts of West Virginia where I think you, like, you, you've got big cities with only like an hour drive or something like that. Like you go to central West Virginia, you're probably in the middle of nowhere. But there are people buying like crazy. I don't know what happens on January 6th. I'm kind of worried. I'll tell you this. Let me, be, let me be real with all you guys. One of the things that has me concerned about doing the show from January 6th is I think there's a possibility that some that that it happens, that that there's a happening of sorts, that something happens, and then you're trapped in D.C., and that doesn't sound too fun. So I booked, we're prepared, and I'm thinking about it, and it's like, all right, all right, you know, do we want to make sure we can keep doing the show, or do we want to be there? It's a tough call. I think the likelihood that a happening occurs is slim. I think you'll have a big, big, big rally. I think Trump will lose, but if on the 6th you've got... Hundreds of thousands of people. Let's not let's, let's say this, not even 10 million, just hundreds of thousands of people show up. And then Congress objects. A couple hours go by. People are all outside yelling rabble, rabble. And then they come out. The person runs full speed, like with the pope or whatever, and he holds up the sign and it says Joe Biden is president. What do all of those people do? Do they just say, oh, well, shucks, I guess I'll go home. Or are these the hardcore Trump supporters, the people who refuse to back down? There's a big difference between your typical conservative and a Trump supporter. Trump supporters clearly are in favor of uh, you know Trump spending. They're populists. They're not as concerned as traditional conservatives about you know uh, spending. Just that example. Many conservatives have already been posting on Reddit saying like, well, you know, I'm going to go home, go to sleep, and just wake up and fight another day. Trump supporters are saying, bring tents, bring water, and prepare for the long haul. Very different people. If every single Trump supporter, of which there's 74 million, but let's say like out of the 74 million, let's say, you know, there's only there's tens of millions that are staunch, hardcore Trump supporters. What happens if they all actually showed up? Things would get crazy, for sure. I guess we'll find out in about a week. I'll see you there, maybe. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Even in West Virginia. The second most Trump loving state and one of the freest places in the country, not the freest, but it's up there. They have their governor issuing edict, mandates, not laws. And you'll go to businesses and they'll say, due to the order, the executive order, you must abide, wear a mask, etc. My friends, when the government is granted emergency powers, they do not give them up. They just hope you forget, you know, that this country has been in a state of emergency for decades. Most people don't know that because they're not paying attention and the news doesn't cover these things right now. We are being told there's a mutant coronavirus strain popping up everywhere, more infectious, more dangerous. Maybe the vaccine will work. We're not entirely sure, but we think it should be fine. But this is the, this is the name of the game. Of course, there will be mutations. Of course, there will be risk. And instead, what we're going to get is a government that continually says, give up your rights, shut your mouth and do as you're told. You will continually get people like Anthony Fauci who just say it's time to do what you are told. And he actually said that. But you might get something else. You might get people snapping and saying enough. I just don't care anymore. There's a photo going viral. There's a tweet going viral. And it says flu pandemic 1918 or 1919. And it shows a bunch of people in a field hospital and there's beds everywhere and bodies lying all over the place. Then it says pandemic 2020 and it's people doing a shuffle dance. Woo! Doctors dancing in the graves of those who have died. You are going to snap people's brains with this stuff. I tell you, man, Watching these people dance in these hospital is one of the most infuriating things I have ever seen. I tell you, they, 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 they say I, I have tepid, lukewarm takes and I am an enlightened centrist or a milquetoast defense center. But I'm usually not really angry. The, the angriest I've ever been in a news story was when I heard that U.S. government officials were lying to the American people and to Trump about the troop levels in Syria so that he wouldn't be able to withdraw them. Man, that got me real mad. I record, like I saw that story and I was just, man, I was I was angry. I'll tell you what makes me uh, uh almost as angry, but but fairly angry. Watching these videos, there's one video of like two minutes long. I did a segment on it the other day. These choreographed dances where they're clearly spending a day or two to film this stuff. A video on YouTube for earlier this year from earlier this year where someone's filming with their phone saying, like, why aren't they taking any patients right now? And you can see them all doing their little shuffle dance. Oh, the despicable disgusting people what do you think happens when a regular person is told that they can't see their dying parent or grandparent they can't be there for the birth of their children but they see the videos of the doctors doing their little marching shuffle dances and you know fake fake handgun thing they do people are going to snap fauci is just saying over and over again worse 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 never get better shut up at a certain point people are going to erupt And I think we're seeing it. We got some viral videos and I'll I'll show you and then we'll talk about the latest. But I mean, think about this. The other day, the New York Times reported that Dr. Fauci was lying about the percentage we needed to obtain herd immunity. Basically, once you get to a certain level of immunity in a group of people, transmission hits too many obstacles and stops spreading. If every single person is susceptible to the virus then the virus just freely spreads around and people get infected, everybody gets sick. At a certain point, when a certain percentage of people are immune, the virus has trouble transmitting because too many people can't actually get the virus. That's what we're looking for. Now, Fauci, the World Health Organization, was saying before 60 to 70 percent that gave people hope. They saw a light at the end of the tunnel. They said, don't worry, the vaccine is coming. CNN did a dance number with Anderson Cooper. Woo! Once the vaccine is here, blah, blah, blah. Then, then it's all back to normal. People are posting memes where they're like, once the COVID pandemic is finally over, I'm going to rip off my mask and throw it in the air like I graduated. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Because what's happening now is Fauci comes out and says, in defiance of the World Health Organization, actually 75 to 85 percent. Now I think people are ready to hear what I really think Fauci says. What do you think happens when you give people hope and say, this is what we're aiming for? And then every day you beat them over the head saying it'll never get better. Life will always be miserable. You will not be allowed to work and shut your mouth and do as you're told. Eventually, people are going to say enough. And that's where we're headed. Let me show you some of these, some of these truly crazy videos. This video, I think, is truly nuts. I I don't, you've got this guy, and I'll just show you what happens. He's just buying groceries. Look at this. He's putting up groceries from his shopping cart. There he goes. He puts it on the conveyor belt. This dude comes up and grabs his cart, and they start fighting over his groceries in the cart. How insane is this? And then they're like, you're an idiot to this guy who's just shopping. He's like, I'm an idiot. What? Then he walks out. How crazy is this? We got another really viral video. This one from a guy named Josh LeCatch says, are more people waking up 3.1 million views, 10,000 retweets, and it is a regular looking woman in a CVS, it appears, and they are yelling at her. And she says they've just announced a, they've already announced asymptomatic spread isn't a thing. Now, I'm not super sure about that. I did a basic fact check and there's there's nothing definitive on it. I'm sorry. You can argue it's not true because you've seen one source. I look at a bunch of sources. Nothing definitive that I can find. It may or may not be. I think the general consensus is that it's not nearly that bad, but it's possible. So, look, I'll tell you what you take advice. I, I always tell this, OK? You ask your doctor what's right for you. You do what your doctor advises you, because your doctor knows better than the, than the TV people, than me, than anybody in, in the news media, or even Dr. Fauci. Your doctor can tell you how to stay safe. And, and, and if you trust them, you know, that's, what, that's, that's more, way more important. But this video goes mad viral. And the crazy thing is, these videos are being shared by people who hate or are, are insulting those who are refusing to abide by these, these crazy, uh, you know... I I, I should say by these excessive lockdown orders. The reason I say excessive is that it defies the science, and and we cannot. We now know from the likes of Anthony Fauci, he acts in defiance of the World Health Organization. Now you don't got to trust the World Health. You don't got to like them, the World Health Organization. The point is, they say to me on YouTube they'll ban me if I defy them. But Anthony Fauci does it all the time, and then just says whatever. Anthony Fauci has lied now on more than one occasion. And you can argue it was for a right or wrong reason, but I'm, I am I do not believe in this psychotic authoritarianism where you know better than other people and you're the privy elite who get to uh, stay safe while everyone else suffers. Not a fan. You guys ever see that movie Kingsman where the bad guy, ba- um, spoiler alert, but I'm sure you've seen it by now, it's years old. The bad guy basically wants to just kill everybody because of global warming. This is, th- this is the idea. Earlier this year, they said not to buy masks. What masks do is stop you from spitting on people. It would have helped, but they wanted their who they thought was more important, medical professionals. And I can understand that for sure to get the masks first. But are they the smart, the smartest people? Do they truly know what is essential and who should get masks? Maybe, but they view you as expendable. It's only going to get worse. Now, I got two things I want to show you. Dr. John Lee, free us from this feudal cycle of covid contagion and control. It's a story from the Daily Mail talking about how the number of infections per day in the UK getting worse. What did the lockdown really do? Now, people say it's the slow the spread. Did it? It only got worse in the long run. We're still locked down. We've always been locked down. There was a minor easing of restrictions and then cases skyrocketed. And that's their excuse. See, when we tried to ease things, everyone went nuts or all the cases went crazy. And now it's worse than ever. So it's just going to keep getting worse. This is it, the new normal, they say. I wonder how much of this is fueled by climate change. And I mean it. You've got to understand there are people who say in the names of their groups by any means necessary. Okay. Now, I don't know what the real reason, you know, I, I don't know if, I, 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 let me rephrase this. I don't know if there are people who are actually putting political agendas outside of COVID, above COVID, or if they're simply saying now's our opportunity to exploit the system to get what we want. Or if they're genuinely terrified, I'll tell you this, I don't trust them, I don't care. When you have science saying it's not working, you got to wonder why it is people in New York, for instance, defy the science, lock all the restaurants down, they say, even though it's barely contributing to COVID, and it'll destroy the economy and result in starvation and death. If their goal was to follow the science, or if they actually believed in it, they wouldn't be doing this. Unless, of course, they had an ulterior motive. Perhaps in New York, when they said they wanted to buy up old abandoned property, which now includes luxury buildings in mid Midtown Manhattan, it's all evacuated. Nobody works there anymore. Buy it up, pennies on the dollar, and then convert it into public housing. Bravo. It's almost like one of those old 80s movies. That's what I was saying the other day. Let me really read this for you about what's going on with these lockdowns. But The first thing I want to do is show you what Fauci is saying about the mutant coronavirus strain. Because if you think these these videos of the, the viral videos of people saying no to this, if you think that's where it stops, you're wrong. If Fauci keeps coming out and saying there is no end of the tunnel, we're only going deeper and deeper into chaos. People are just going to drop it and say, I don't care anymore. I'm done. I'm done. Here's what here's what they say over the hill. Fauci, he has discouraged outright barring flights from the U.S. from the United Kingdom said in an appearance on CNN State of the Union that the U.S. officials were right to require proof of negative COVID tests for anyone entering the country from Britain. Public health officials are examining the new strain very intensively now, including questions such as, does it make someone more ill? Is it more se- is, is it more serious virus in the sense of virulence? And the answer is, it doesn't appear to be, to be that way. Quote, we're getting isolates of it, making combination of viruses to be able to directly test, getting Sarah from people who have been vaccinated. And see if it still neutralizes this new strain, this mutant strain that's coming from the UK as well as South Africa, he added. There's similar but not entirely the same type of mutation that we're seeing in South Africa. Fauci declined to answer whether it was a mistake not to require negative tests from British travelers, blah, blah, blah. I think it's prudent and a good idea to do some form of testing and not let somebody on the plane from the UK unless they have a documented negative COVID-19 test, he added. The other day. I showed a video from a nurse and she was like, if I gave you millions of Skittles and hundred and seventeen million would make you sick and 300,000 would kill you, would you eat the Skittles? It's like the stupidest nonsensical argument because saying 90, she, she goes, if 99.9% of the Skittles were safe, but 17 million will kill you. It's like, those are two different metrics by which you're making your argument. Let me ask you a question, my friends. If you were in the desert dehydrated and dying and you had only a little bit of time left and you found a pool of murky water, probably going to get you sick. Would you drink it? The answer is yes. Every single person would drink it. In fact, some people would drink their own waste. You're not supposed to apparently. I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm not a survivalist. But people would be willing to drink anything. There are people who are stranded at sea, who become so thirsty and desperate, they drink sea water. and the salt then kills them. And there are people who know this and do it anyway out of desperation because they go nuts. Right now, 99.9% chance, everybody, 9999 for people under the age of 70 to survive and be fine with COVID. If you were starving and suffocating and in desperate need, would you risk getting sick or even a 0.01% chance of dying? Under 70, mind you. If it meant making sure you had a place to live and eat, yes. I'm going to tell you something. I mentioned this before. I, I, You know, but this is this is relevant. They say that what caused the Arab Spring, partly, was rising food costs, the lack of basic necessities. As the cost of basic necessities get higher and higher, people eventually just snap, and they'll say, I have to do what I have to do to survive. People who are given the choice between life or death choose life, and it won't matter. Uh, It won't matter what obstacles are in their way. If you tell someone they will have no life, no liberty, no pursuit of happiness, no guarantees, no rights, no constitution, they're going to explode. And this is where we are. South Korea confirms first COVID-19 variant cases. They're telling us every day it won't stop. It will only get worse. And we see these videos of people saying enough. But how soon until these people just say, I am done with it? Militia group plans to occupy legislative building in Olympia when session begins. Now I tell you, you want to talk about big news. This is from the Olympian.com, a right wing militia organization, is planning to enter and occupy the state legislative building when the twenty twenty one session begins, saying keeping the Capitol closed while the legislature works remotely is unconstitutional. The Washington three percenters, a militia group whose name originates from the debunked notion that only three percent of Americans fought in the Revolutionary War. Sent out an email blast this week calling for a daily occupation of the legislative building beginning the night before January 11th, when the online session is scheduled to begin until the building is reopened to the public. Quote, for every person that makes their way into our uh, gauntleted entrances, we will attempt to go right along with them inside. The email reads, once inside, we will proceed to occupy the gallery areas in each chamber while session continues. While the message says the group will not engage in violence, recent similar events have led to violence. In Oregon, on December 21st, armed members of the right wing group Patriot Prayer smashed windows and broke into the state capitol building in Salem, where state legislatures were convening for one day special session that was closed to the public. Let me stop you right there. It wasn't closed to the public. Only by decree, they barred the public. The public has a right to be in a public building during a public hearing. How does it make sense for the public to ban the public? That doesn't make sense at all. Death are taking over, telling the police to do what they want, and the police, they smile on their face, bash and beat regular people. Not all cops. I'm not stupid. No, a lot of cops are quitting in mass up in the Pacific Northwest, and those are the heroes. I said this when I was talking to Sean Parnell on the IRL podcast. If you haven't subscribed, go to TimCast.com. I'm sorry, YouTube.com slash TimCast IRL. Sean Parnell, very pro cop. Good dude was saying look man there's a lot of there's a lot of good cops that know this is wrong and are refusing to do this and I said you're right those are the heroes and I mean it the most consequential group right now in this country are the police they are the gatekeepers of constitutional rights and freedoms and of stopping tyranny they are the, they are the, they are the most consequential group unfortunately you have good guys bad guys and cowards maybe it's not so fair to say cowards but uh The the cowards probably falling with the bad guys. The bad guys are the ones that just blindly follow orders because they want a paycheck. The cowards are the ones who just blindly follow orders because they're scared to speak up or do anything. And the heroes are the ones who are either saying I refuse and walking away, or just saying no, do something. A lot of cops in New York, a lot of cops in, in Minneapolis, a lot of cops in in Portland are quitting en masse because they refuse to be the boots for the, for the, for for despotism. That's heroic. It's, it's defying the system and saying, no, the problem is it's probably not, you know, I don't know what the right answer is, but I tell you this, the best thing cops could probably do is just arrest criminals. It's, It's that simple, right? Okay. Let me tell you. So here's how it works. Statutory law is the law by which people get arrested and prosecuted. Edict from people claiming to be in charge is <laughs> not law. So if, uh, let's say, you have a, a public building in Oregon, and uh, regular members of the public want to go in that building, and then a bunch of men with guns block the building and bar anyone from entering, well, those people are defying the public and defying statutory law and should probably be arrested. The only problem is the guys who did that last time were wearing badges, you break the law. I don't care if you're wearing a badge. Now, I understand that there are certain circumstances where cops have certain leeway. We ask officers to go out there and put themselves at risk. I know the left is immediately going to say it's not the worst dangerous job in the world. I didn't say it was, but there's risk. We ask them to do it. And so that means certain circumstances, it's not a criminal charge. You know, when a cop, a cop might accidentally, you know, if a cop gets scared and shoots somebody tragedy, yes, sometimes reckless endangerment. Absolutely. Sometimes murder. You bet. And sometimes a reasonable fear of harm and a cop defends himself. I can't ask someone to go out and put themselves in a line of fire in a city like Chicago and then be like, well, you know, you should have known better. It's like, dude, you you ask him to do it. You ask someone to go in and they're doing you a favor. You can at least take some responsibility for your, you know, your request in this regard. The problem now is people are snapping and that includes police. You've got cops who are just quitting saying I won't do it anymore. People saying I'm done with this. But there are still some cops who are cowards and criminals who are willing to say with a smile on their face, if I get paid, I will put a boot on your throat. I don't care. Those are the villains. Those are the bad guys. Without them, the edict from these governors that violate the law, the actual statutory law are meaningless. You know, I can go out and proclaim myself emperor of the planet. Doesn't make it true. But if I all of a sudden had thousands of people armed and oppressing people at my request, well, then you got a problem. Still doesn't make me emperor of the world. But with a big enough army, it does. That's the problem. That's why we don't like authoritarianism. This idea that just because you have power, it's your right to do so, is not true. And people will rise up to resist this. I'll tell you what we need. We need a reasonable opportunity to say there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But with people like Fauci and Burks rubbing everyone's faces in it, it's it and lying. I mean, people are ready to explode. This militia thing. This is this is crazy stuff, man. I tell you, it's crazy. Dr. Fauci has been lying, but by his own admission, he said, well, you know, we did not want people buying up masks as we needed them. So you lied? Yeah. Well, but science did change, you know, whatever. Okay. now he's saying, you know, the uh, herd herd, herd immunity. Oh, it's actually you need way more people. It's it's not likely to happen anytime soon. So you, you lied. You give people hope and then rip it away and then watch them snap. They say because of COVID-19 restrictions, the Washington legislature will operate a hybrid session. Most staff and lawmakers will be remote. The buildings will be accessed by select staff and a limited number of lawmakers. I I just got to stress. okay? Patrick Henry, I think is who it was. Give me liberty or give me death. He, did, did did he come out and say very famously, give me liberty or give me death? Unless, of course, there's a, a pandemic with a 99.9% survival right, then by all means, please strip the rights away from the people and bar everything, lock everything down because, you know, heaven forbid people get sick. Of course not. He said he would rather die. There are people who believe in that in this country, and that's the worrying thing. We need a peaceful resolution to this, and it's not coming from politicians who believe they have supreme authority to do whatever they want. But like I said, It doesn't matter. Despot's going to despot. It's the cops. It's the police. It's the sheriffs who need to say, nah, that's against the Constitution. Sorry. If the people don't want to do it, then what are you going to do about it? I think we're going to see more videos like this. I think we're going to see more stories like this. The Olympian uh, ends by saying, it's the first time that the group openly announced a plan to break into the legislative building, Kent confirmed. Jenkins said the protesters should consider other options to show their concern. We're a nation of law," Jenkins said. And if somebody thinks that it's not constitutional for us to do this, there's a way to challenge it, which is to go to court and assert that it's not constitutional. That's how the nation operates, and that's how the Washington, the state of Washington operates. That's that's correct. That's true and correct. Yes. The problem is these people will pass some edict, get barred by a court, and then just pass a slightly altered edict and say, "Go to court, go to court, go to court." And every time you go to court, they just reenact another one. The problem is the cops. Not the ones quitting, not the ones standing defiantly and saying, "I will have no part in this." the one saying, "Look, dude, I don't care. you know if you give me a dollar, I'll kick that dude in the face. They're mercenaries, they're not police. they don't care about your rights. The cops that show up and bar entry of from the public to a public building in violation of the Constitution are the bad guys. period. I don't know what's going to happen with this in, in Washington, but I tell you people are exploding. And I think it's as long as you get people like Fauci, you know, Dr. Birx defied her own lockdown restrictions and advice and went and visited her family. That's right. Rules for thee, but not for me. I think it was um, maybe 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 I'm wrong. I think it may, may have been Radley Balco who said this. He's kind of a lefty dude that tyranny is when it's legal for the government, but illegal for the citizenry. And he's a very like, you know, he's a critic of police I'll say of bad cops. I think most people on the left who are, you know, uh, you know, attack cops, hyper focus on the bad. And then I think people on the right hyper focus on the good. You got to realize, man, there are bad cops that they are mercenaries for for uh, unconstitutional edict. And there are good cops. I think there are more, uh, I guess, I guess I'll do this. You know, you can't just say one or the other, good or bad. There are a lot of ignorant cops who just don't know and they just follow along. And that is a serious, serious problem. And as they say, ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking it. Ignorance of the constitution of our constitutional rights is no excuse for stripping uh, of, of violating them. So if a cop doesn't know what he's doing, I'm sorry. That's a problem to the cops that are quitting and standing up and defying this. You have my respect. That's the heroic thing to do, to say no and and refuse to serve these, these despots. We'll see how it plays out. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com forward slash Timcast. That is a different channel from this one. Plain as I can say it, YouTube.com forward slash Timcast. Type that in. It is not this channel. It is a different one. I will see you there at 4 p.m. Thanks for hanging out.